Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to Corinth in Your Car. My name is Adam, and I am driving solo today. So there will be uh, no great humor from Luke, no deep and insightful analysis from our friend Josh. You just get to put up with me today. And so this will be a shorter podcast because I know um, nobody wants to listen to me for an hour uh, just go on and on and on because you already have to do that on Sunday mornings uh, for at least half that time. So uh, anyway, we're glad that you, you tuned in. Um, it's a good week. Uh, Luke is off at CIY. Josh is up in uh, Kansas celebrating uh, Sasha's dad's uh, birthday. Um, Melissa is out. Uh, Carnes is out. So it's like, man, it is just um, it's just me. And uh, so we're having a, having a great week. Hope you had a great Fourth of July. Um, got to uh, enjoy some fireworks, maybe some uh, watermelon or golf or whatever it is, or just uh, staying at home and uh, holding your dog down so they do not lose their ever-loving mind of feeling like uh, World War Seven has broken out in your neighborhood. So, uh, good week here. It's hot. It's warm. Got, had a good chance uh, to spend some time with my mom and dad. They were in town over the weekend, so that was... Uh, uh, a great time, but uh, we'll, we'll jump in real quick, and uh, we won't be—I won't—I won't be recapping uh, Sunday's message on Zacchaeus. Hope you were able to hear it. That was part six of Retold. Uh, and this coming Sunday, I'll be telling the story about uh, the the man on the roof with the uh, uh, what was it? Three friends there who lowered him down there, and uh, Jesus was able to heal him. So, uh, looking forward to that as well. But um, so we won't do a full recap on Zacchaeus. But let me give you um. Let me see. Uh, two separate thoughts on the message that didn't make its way into the message. One is just an uh, interesting bit of church history uh, trivia that I found uh, fascinating. Doesn't mean anything. Um, doesn't have any uh, deep insight or anything like that, but thought it was pretty cool. The other one, uh, maybe a little bit more of a devotional thought for us uh, today. So the, the first thing I found that was really interesting um, in just doing some research on Zacchaeus is that there's a early church father, Clement of Alexandria. And in some of his writings, uh, he, he refers to Zacchaeus. Um, but the thing that I found fascinating was that he actually refers to Zacchaeus um, in a way that has led some people to believe um, that Zacchaeus is actually Matthias. Now, if you remember right, um, and it's in Acts chapter 1, um, whenever the apostles are deciding to... Um, find the replacement for Judas because uh, Judas uh, didn't make it um, as an apostle. They, they cast lots and the lots fall down to Matthias. And so what Cl Clement said is that Zacchaeus and Matthias are actually the same person. So um, Zacchaeus would have become one of the 12 apostles. Is it true? I don't know. Um, but that's what Clement said. Um, so anyway, just something kind of interesting to think about there. Uh, the, the second one, is this, and just in, in thinking about the, the crowd. So you remember that the crowd is there. They're grumbling against Zacchaeus and grumbling against Jesus, really, um, for uh, going into Zacchaeus' home. And I, I think, and one of the things I tried to bring out in the message that, that I, I hope I was able to communicate, but um, as Christians, it's really easy to fall into being a part of the crowd. And whenever I'm talking about like falling in and being part of the crowd, I'm not talking about like what your mama war warned you about all those years ago. You know, it's like birds of a feather flock together kind of thing. I I'm talking about the, the kind of the crowd 
um, that is isolated from people who need to know who Jesus is. And we, as, as Christians, followers of Jesus, who have the same mission as Jesus did to seek and save the lost, we have to remember that isolation won't lead to transformation. It's just not going to happen. Now, that being said, I, there are really probably two reasons why, as Christians, uh, we end up isolating ourselves um, from people who aren't Christians. One of them's good. Uh, one of them's not. Uh, the, that the, the good one is, is that there is this healthy desire that as we become more like Christ, the more that we um, spend time learning about him and wanting to follow him, um, there's just this natural, healthy drift to where we surround ourselves with people who are, who are doing the same. As iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens one another. We need people in our lives who are calling us up, calling us out, and uh, helping us become more like Christ. And so um, we, we end up hanging around people that we have more in common with, which are people who are, who are pursuing Jesus. And so there's this healthy desire of just like, I want to surround myself in community and people who are going to um, help me. There, there's a healthy desire there too. It's just like, I want to uh, not put myself into areas of temptation or potential weakness. And so um, I avoid those areas. And so that, that, that comes from a healthy, healthy place. Um, we still have to remember that isolation doesn't lead to transformation. And so we've got to um, say, oh, okay, I, I've got to find ways to get involved to where uh, in, in relationships with people who don't know Jesus yet. So that, that, that's the healthy desire. But the, 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 the warning um, would really come from the unhealthy uh, side of things, which is where if we are not careful, uh, we will and we can fall into an unhealthy sense of superiority. Uh, that would be uh, the Pharisee mindset. Um, and that's the, the, the one, that's the mindset that we have to, to avoid to where we forget that we are sinners that are saved by grace. And so whenever we forget that, um, we end up like the crowd does in Zacchaeus' story, just grumbling, complaining, uh, muttering, looking down on people who aren't followers of Jesus, uh, whether they're seeking him or, or not. Uh, the, the truth is Jesus is seeking them. And so we've got to avoid this unhealthy sense of superiority. How do we do that? Um, well, I think that's, and this is just a phrase that we try to use a lot around here, it's continually preaching the gospel to yourself. Um, anytime that you are tempted to believe that there is something about you that made Jesus just go, oh boy, man, that, now that's somebody right there. Um, that is an attitude that we have to, to fight against. And to remind ourselves constantly, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner saved by grace. You know, Jesus died for me. Um, you know, it's, it is um, unmerited favor. Um, it is by grace that I have been saved. This is not from myself so that none of us can boast because that's what we would, we would do. And so we have to, to fight against that unhealthy sense of superiority. Now, the natural drift from the healthy desire, we've got to fight against that um, just so that we are able to be in situations to where um, we're able to have contact with, with, our, with our ones. Um, but that unhealthy thing, that if, if we have that, that is something to repent of and to um, run away from as quickly as we, we can. Because isolation won't lead to transformation. And so um, here's just a, a thought that I would, would leave uh, 
leave with you today. Um, a lot of people's stories, whenever it comes to them coming to faith, have to do with, you know, like they're returning to what they were brought up with. Um, grandmama or grandpa or mom or dad, they took them to church whenever they were younger, then they, they drifted and they came back. Um, the, the question is, though, what about those who weren't brought up in church? What about them? How are they going to hear if those of us who are in the church don't end up sharing Jesus with them? So let's be on guard against the isolation thing and uh, find wise ways, wise opportunities to uh, be able to share, to be able to invite folks to experience what Jesus is doing. And uh, remember, Jesus is looking for them. So anyway, that's just a, a, a quick thought there on uh, the Zacchaeus story. So I hope the message was was helpful, hopefully uh, maybe brought some things into light that you hadn't considered before, um, thinking about Zacchaeus, that wee little man. And so um, really what I want to do in just a, just a couple minutes here, I just wanted to share two things with you that I'm learning right now. And um, then uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up. I'm not going to play a game because uh, it's just me and I'd win. And so, uh, you know, no need to, to do that. But uh, two things that I've been learning um, recently come from two different books that I've uh, started reading. Uh, one is, uh, so the first thing comes from John Maxwell. He uh, wrote a new book, The uh, 16 Undeniable Laws of Communication, uh, subtitle, Apply Them and Make the Most of Your Message. And it is a, it is a fantastic book. I am uh, 12 laws in, so I still got uh, whatever, whatever, four, four left to go. And uh, the 12 have been just so good, so good, so good. Um, this was the, uh, the book I was reading whenever we were uh, down on the beach for uh, our anniversary trip. And so, um, but the one I think that, um, that they've all been really good, but I think it was law number four, uh, the law of preparation, um, that really just kind of struck something for me uh, in me and would love to share this idea with it. And so the law of preparation, it, it's talking about how we, you know, prepare our, our speeches, our message, you know, if we're preparing to speak at, you know, at work or church or, you know, preach a message or anything like that, um, that we have to prepare well. And he's got this line in there um, that really just kind of struck a chord with me. And it was, are you are you winging it or are you working it? So are, are you winging it? Are you just like doing the bare minimum, um, you know, just to get up and give people a a, uh, a, a, a talk or a message that'll just say, oh, that's pretty good. Um, or are you like really working it to try to help bring around uh, either change or transformation going on there? And so that that was just a really, really just like, man, that, that was just an incredible thought. But it made me start to think about it like this, that we, we all have different gifts. We all have different um, God-given abilities and, and talents that God has gifted us um, with. And there is a temptation uh, whenever you have a gift to wing it and to not work it. Um, and here's the, here's the scary thing. Because you are gifted, you generally can wing it without working it, right? And, and the reason is, is it, it's very simple. It's because you have a gift. You're, you're gifted in that area. So most people, you're already um, better than whenever it comes to this area. And so if you just wing it, you know, you can, you can get by with it. And so 
a, a simple challenge uh, to you this, this week, whenever it comes to home, whenever it comes to work, wherever you, you find yourself, is that as you look at the, the talents and the gifts, um, the abilities that God has, has given you, and I'm talking about those things that you know that you are, for most better part, you are just you are uh, better at doing than people around you. Um, that's why it's a gift. That's why it's a talent. My question is for your home, for your company, for um, even for your church. Um, are you winging it or are you working it? Are you putting in the work whenever it comes to your gifts and talents to make sure that you are uh, maximizing them for not for your gain, but for the benefit of others around you. Uh, the, the second thing I'm, I'm learning comes from another book that I, I just started reading. Um, I'm not through this book either. Um, it is a short book, um, like literally, I think it's only like uh, uh, probably about six inches tall. Um, but uh, anyway, it, it's a book called Stay in Your Lane uh, by a guy by the name of Kevin Thompson. And it is a super simple idea um, about how we can deal with our problems, uh, sticky situations. And he has just like this super simple formula for, for how we kind of start to process through these things. And um, I, I absolutely love it. And so it is super practical. I want to share it with you real quick. And then encourage you to pick up the book because he, he goes into much further depth than I will be able to do in these few uh, moments is talking about this, this idea. But so the basic idea is this, is that whenever we are faced with a difficult situation, whether it's at home, work, relationship, whatever it is, okay, is that you get, get out a piece of paper and you draw two lines on it, two vertical lines on it, um, so that you can create three columns, and here are the three columns. Here is the beauty of this system. On the far left column, you write, what's mine? The middle column, you write, what's theirs? And on the far right column, you write, what's God's? Okay, so what's mine? What's theirs? What's God's? That's it. And so as you start to work through your problem, as you start to work through the conversation that you need to have or the decision you're trying to make, as you deal with this relational issue, what's mine, what's theirs, what's God's? He gives a great example in the very first uh, chapter introduction of the book, just talking about this couple that was um, struggling with a family vacation um, because um, they had adult children and uh, one of the daughters-in-law was making life miserable for everybody whenever they go on trips. So some of the other siblings were saying, hey, we're not going to come if she comes and all those other kind of things. And so uh, they went to Kevin and they said, man, we just feel stuck. We don't have any options or anything like this. And so he just walks them through the process and helped them to see. It's like, okay, you've got some things that are yours, like you're going to pay for the trip. And so that means what's yours is you also get to um, decide who's going to get in, invited, okay? That's under your control. Um, what's theirs is, um, well, how your daughter-in-law behaves, that's not up to you. That's her choice, okay? So you've, you've got to, to understand that. And what's theirs is like if the other kids don't go, that's not up to you. You cannot control that. What's God's is the weather, it's the economy and all those things. And so anyway, it's just a really, really simple way to kind of start looking at things, Um and to help us to get into the, this idea of like what truly do I own and what is truly um, up, to, up to me. Because that's the only thing that I can, I can, can control. And so I, I can't recommend this book um, enough. I think that the, 
practical advice in this is just so fantastic. Um, the, for those of us who are um, maybe prone to a little bit of worry or we're controllers or we try to manipulate and try to get things to happen the way that we want them to do, I think that this would um, uh, really be beneficial for you uh, to pick up and spend a little bit of time um, just wrestling through some of these ideas. So worry less, love more, and get things done. That's the subtitle of that book, Stay in Your Lane. Um, once again, uh, I don't know if you're looking for summer reads or not, but there are two um, great books for you to pick up. One, uh, The 16 Laws of Communication uh, by John Maxwell. If you're somebody who communicates, and uh, by the way, if you are a human being, that is you, um, then that that book would be very, very helpful to, uh, for you. And then Stay in Your Lane by Kevin A. Thompson, another fantastic book there. So there we go. So that that is just a few minutes uh, with you this morning. Uh, we wanted to uh, just uh, spend some time with you today. So hope some of this content is helpful for you. And uh, hope you have a fantastic rest of the week. We'll be back here in the studio next week with Josh and Luke. All of us back together. The gang is getting back together. Uh, we'll be recapping the man on the roof. So um, blessings on your head. Have a fantastic week. We love you. We like you. And uh, we'll see you here on Sunday.